We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. My name is Dan Kotnick. Alongside me today, as always, my partner, Chris Schimmel. Chris, how are we doing today? we excited for week number three of the preseason is here, where we finally get to like actually see a lot of the starters play for most of the, most of the time. So it's like the most real of the preseason games, if you want to like call it that maybe yeah you know it i'm excited but then at the same time you're like it's preseason don't get hurt if anything i just want to see a really good starting drive put some points on the boards then get out of there yeah get your business done and get the starters out of get aaron Rodgers out of there and put him in the bubble that they i assume they keep him in four if, days if, out of the week he, uh, if he plays too because a lot of people are saying that that's all you're going to see against pittsburgh that's... But, I hope he, but I hope he still plays a little bit. I feel that, you know, he, his snaps have been going down every single preseason. It would just be a shame if he only does five snaps that took a minute and 33 seconds off the clock, and that's all you're going to get from him in the in the preseason. So we'll see. Well, probably well, I would say it depends on what we – we've talked about this uh, before when we were previewing the first preseason game against the Titans, how – it probably depends a lot on Bakhtiari and a lot of those offensive linemen starting. How long do they play? We'll probably figure out how long we get to see Aaron Rodgers and a few of those other starters as well. So as we kind of get ready for week number three, the preseason game against 
the Oakland Raiders in Oakland, a super late start, which I'm not happy about. For you guys, you're you're in Wisconsin, correct? Mm-hmm. Or at least in the central time zone. I'm uh, I'm broadcasting from Detroit in the heart of Lions country. I actually, I can look out my window right now and I see Ford Field. <laughs> so I am on the Eastern time zone. So I'm one hour even later. So I'm pretty sure, I think it's starting nine o'clock or nine 30, your guys' time, 10 30, my time. So a super late start for us, but we want to look at some of these position groups where there's been a little bit of a battle Guys jockeying for position, trying to show out. And in this week number three is where you're going to see those guys kind of take that next step, the ones that are trying to fight for that next position. And so we want to do a little higher low. Which way are they trending? If their stock value is going to go up or is it going to plummet? Exactly. We're playing Jim Cramer mad money. Yep. And these last two games, I think, are almost more important than the first two games of the preseason. I would say so. And so I, I just want to see something, uh, especially with their offense, because right now I feel it's really, really neck to neck between Deshaun Kaiser and Brett Hundley. And then I also think it's going to be a long shot for them to ever keep a fourth quarterback on. So Tim Boyle, what do you think? What do you think the odds are him over under for him making the roster if he plays the way he's I w- playing? I would say it's under. Uh, that he plays much Andy's of... going to be so upset that we're saying this. That I know. I Andy's apologize. Be... Oh. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think for Boyle, these next two games, this is his chance to show other teams what he has. And so when he inevitably probably gets put onto the practice squad, he has something to show teams what, about what he can do in an offense like that. In a, in a real game situation but talking about the quarterback. So you mentioned Kaiser and Hundley, the race is a lot closer than I think maybe some people kind of expected. I think Kaiser came in with that expectation that he could possibly be the second string quarterback, but had a lot of baggage come along with him and the stigma mm-hmm. of being the Cleveland Browns quarterback that went 0 and 16 how do you feel these two quarterbacks are trending going into the Sur game? Who's up? Who's down? Who are you buying? Well, right now I think both of them are up because I think it's just like a, what they call creative tension. Mm-hmm. It's just like what Bill Walsh did in the 49ers in the 80s, went out and got Steve Young, and that really made Joe Montana push his game to the next level. And I think that's what's happening with Brett Hundley. Both of them, the, Deshaun Kaiser in his first game, didn't really impress me all that much, but this last game he really – really orchestrated that offense and did really, really well. The touchdown pass to, to Tanya in the corner of the end zone was just yeah. beautiful. And I, and so I think that his stock is going up, and Hunley's is also. So I really feel these last two preseason games is really going to be the make or break for both of them. And, and I really don't think that, you know, if one's a second string, the other's a third string, I really don't think it'll make them much of a difference because if the second stringer goes in and plays like crap, I feel like they won't really hesitate to put Kaiser or Hundley, the whoever third strings in. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that no matter who gets that position, there's just that lingering idea that if you don't live up to expectations, no one's guaranteed a roster spot or their position on the team at this point. I think coming into the season, 
Aaron Rodgers has a lot of high expectations. I think he's coming in a little bit PO'd about what happened last year, and he's not taking crap from anybody. I'm not here to stick around for players that think they earned the spot just because they've been here, like Hunley maybe. And I think with Hunley, these two next three, in the next two games, these past three games, Hunley – I think is trending in the right direction where you might actually get back to a position where you could recoup some kind of trade value for him. Cause I know that was what I, my thought was before the terrible output that he had last season was he's played well enough in preseason games and trade him high and recoup something and start over again. Oh yeah. He's I- done well enough. Now I think you can get something back for him if you wanted to. And Kaiser has shown enough that I think he can be a capable number two. Yeah, but if uh, if Hundley's going to be traded to another team, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a team that's in desperation and not really going to be making the playoffs because you see how great Hundley played in the past in the preseason. If you look at his numbers, they were fantastic. Then all of a sudden he's in the real dance in the regular season and he plummets, and then now it's preseason again and his numbers are better. So I think people are going to say, yes, preseason numbers are good, but they've always been good. Right, so, right. But hopefully – Hopefully he doesn't really need to have to show off his his uh, talents this season with Rodgers being back. But at the same time, I hope he I'm hopeful that he really lights it up these next two games to really improve his uh, his stock. Me too, and I think uh, Kaiser as well trending up, like you said. I think has a chance to really learn behind Aaron Rodgers, and hopefully he becomes a project that turns into, you know, maybe you get two of those guys, two guys that can develop under this system and with this quarterback, and you can flip one or the other. And that's basically with Aaron with Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback, your backup quarterbacks to me, you're training them for the worst-case scenario, and then hopefully maybe you flip them for something later on. A position that you we had kind of talked about before we came on air was that running back position that we wanted to kind of highlight. There's been a lot of turnover, at least in the preseason here, last week at least. Two new running backs coming in with Williams and Jones. That makes seven injuries. now. That means seven now on the roster, which shows <laughs> to me that they have a lack of confidence and they're starting running backs. We haven't had a single running back with over 50 yards in a game so far. Ty Montgomery, four carries for 10 yards against Pittsburgh, three carries for nine yards against the Titans. So that's seven carries for 19 yards. He has really regressed as a running back. I feel that if they're having seven running backs and Aaron Jones comes and plays like he did once, and yeah. if Jamal Williams comes back, I feel put him back at wide receiver. I, I mean, I that's, I think. Or the, use them or use them more as like a, a James White or Deion Lewis, what the Patriots did. Yeah. And I feel he, he's better when the ball's in his hands after a catch, like make him run out into the flats. That's the thing is I think he's regressed from being a guy that can, that looked like a running back, like a full running back, as opposed to now he's really kind of pigeonholed himself into only being useful during a passing down situation because I don't think he's that good of a runner anymore to be able to get production as a running back as a full-time running back and then yeah we could switch him back to wide receiver but at the same time 
there's been so many of these young guys that have come in this year and really stepped up and shown what they can do as actual wide receivers. I feel like Ty Montgomery has just kind of gotten lost in the shuffle between going back and forth between running back and wide receiver, which is he, you know? Yeah. And the problem also is he's another high draft pick. Yeah. There's a lot of high draft picks that are question marks throughout the entire roster that Ted Thompson's drafted in the past few years. Take a look at Jason Spriggs, take a look at Ty Montgomery, take a look at Kyler Fackrell. And then in the past you had guys like Dayton Jones yeah, and guys that just uh, these high draft picks that haven't turned out. And so I really feel that the Packers really need to just uncover their talents and find where they can thrive the best. Well, and it's, it's that, and also be okay moving on from those. Exactly. And that's in the, you know, like I said before, I know this is going to torture a lot of Packer fans, but you know, sometimes it's a WWBB. What would Bill Belichick do? Yeah. You know, it's like he has no problem getting rid of guys, even in the first or second round. So I really feel once again, this is a make it or break it year for Ty Montgomery, especially if they keep all these receivers that are battling for the spot. Quentin Rollins, another one who's, trended downwards in this preseason well it's not only trending downwards it's going toward desperation moving on the inside linebacker yeah they they see a lot of that obviously shows that they see a lot of talent in him that they just don't want to get rid of him he's too talented however he hasn't been producing on the field at all in fact he's regressed since his rookie year when he came out Uh, this is not hyperbole I literally forget sometimes that he is on the team still like I'll see him like he returns a punt or a kickoff the last the last couple of games and I remember that he's on the team he's never been one to make an impact the only time you ever hear his name called really is when he's returning or he gave up a big play yeah I mean when was the last time you heard pass broken up by Quentin Rollins there's there's no highlight play to go back to maybe just his rookie year yeah (laughs) he had a couple of them and then another player that has struggled tremendously this whole preseason and has had bad practices this week is Jamon Moore what's your what's your over under for him how many catches do you think he'll get this game I would say I I, had none last game three catches over the last two games all in the first game so and for 27 yards. I would I would liberally give him five if I was thinking about it because Ooh, five. He, <laughs> that, that's being that's being very liberal with my with my thought because I mean he has had drop after drop. That's just that it's almost like Quentin Rollins. The only time that we've been really hearing him is when he makes the bad play and so, he doesn't but, make the play. So liberally five conservative, at least one. Do you think he, there's no way he can go a second straight preseason game without a single catch. I would, I would get, I would say conservative. I give him two, two. two? Okay. Cause you know, I, you know, you know this, uh, this week in practice on Monday, they say he slipped during a route and that led to an easy interception by Donatello Brown. Mm-hmm. He struggled all practice long against him. And then I took a look at his NFL draft profile and they absolutely hit the nail on the head. You know, a lot of times these these uh, analysts completely screw it up. Yeah. This time, this is what they said. Moore ran past, bullied through, and jumped over smaller cornerbacks to get onto the national radar. 
Missouri's offensive scheme made it easy on him and allowed him to rely on his athletic ability to succeed. Moore is still raw and will need time to expand his knowledge and feel for the position. That hit the nail on the head because he can get open. All those play, those plays where he dropped the ball, he's open. He's athletically gifted. He just needs to finish, which is, you know, the most important part. Yeah. But they, this draft profile hit him, hit the nail on the head, I think. And that's not to say that he can't turn things around. Oh, no, he definitely can. Devontae Adams, the first year or two, that was almost word for word what you could have said about Devontae Adams. Exactly. He had the raw talent, the speed. He could get there. He just can't catch the ball. And now look at him. And yeah, he had a a really good rookie year, and then it was his second year, his sophomore slump, where he had only Mm -hmm. one touchdown catch all season. And people were just complaining and ripping on him. And now look, now everyone's like... Now he's your number one. Now he's number one. So I think Jamon Moore... The draft profile on him hit the nail on the head. But like they said, he has the athletic ability. You just need to be patient with him. And he's too talented of a guy. I see a lot more upside with him than with Quentin Rollins on the defensive side. I would I would say that too. And I, I, one guy I really want to hit on here who's tremendously – well, there's two. We'll, st- we'll stay on the offense. We, it's not going to be a pack-a-day podcast if we don't bring up the guy who has essentially become our, our mascot – in Jake Kumaro. <laughs> I, I mean, what else, what else more can we say? The guy has been, had the most amount of upside coming out of a preseason than any other guy I can really remember in recent years. No one has started from where he did and gained as much momentum in two weeks of preseason football than, than this guy. You know, if he keeps this up, they're going to, like, make a statue or something out of him out of outside <laughs> UW-Whitewater. Think about it. I, And it's kind of also crazy to think that he was at one point on the practice squad of the Patriots. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised because, you know, they're the type of team that can take a guy from nowhere and make him a star. But all of a sudden, he's with the Packers, and he's been lighting it up. Great precision route running. And that 82-yard catch he had when he put the safety on skates – and ran right around him, yeah. And then almost almost hurt himself when he somersaulted into the end zone. <laughs> yeah, if there's uh, if there's anybody if there's any team in the league that likes white wide receivers from the middle of nowhere more than the Packers, it's the Patriots. And so you're surprised yeah. <laughs> that the Patriots let him go to the team that would most likely be the ones to pick him up and turn him into a star. <laughs> Moving on to the defensive side, I want to hit on this guy because. Yesterday I was re-watching all the film, and every time I saw him, he was doing something impactful. Reggie Gilbert. Knew we, you were going to say We've <laughs> got to talk about him because the last time that we came on was when the Khalil Mack rumors really started to hit its apex. And now Reggie Gilbert has gained so much traction and has shown so much the last couple of weeks. In my opinion, I was talking to some family over the weekend about it, He's almost kind of nullified the discussion to bring Khalil Mack to do anything for him. Well, when you have three tackles, three quarterback hits, two and a half sacks, and a forced fumble, I mean, that's that's going to give you NFC Defensive Player of the Week honors during yeah. the regular season. The guy was just an absolute beast, and I love, especially love the, it was in, near the red, in the end zone, uh, fourth down play that he helped blow up. You know, it's plays like that that just are impactful. And I really think that 
He's, of course, right behind Nick Perry and Clay Matthews. And I'm almost almost kind of worried to see him out there play because I'm like, you're so valuable now. Yeah, your stock is skyrocketing. It's preseason. Just stay healthy. Let me ask you this, since we've been doing the high and low over-under Reggie Gilbert. Over-under how many sacks? I, I will say for this week, this preseason week, how many tackles over-under as an overarching goal? Over-under. Sacks in the season. How many are you going to give Reggie Gilbert for the entire season? If you for play, the entire you... season, entire season. All right, need to take some a uh, little bit of some injuries, minor injuries, some tweaks there and then. Right. So I'm thinking if he keeps playing like this, at least I don't know. You're probably going to think this is either too low or too high, but I'm thinking at least five, five, six. If he stays healthy, maybe I am just. You're on that. You're you're sitting. I was I was like I don't know. Maybe you could get like ten. What did Clay Matthews get the year we won the Super Bowl? He could just be that thirteen and a half. Yeah, but but no, you're you're right. You've got to take this with a little bit of a grain of salt because guys will start to teams will start to game plan for him. How does the scheme fit with Mike Pettin? Where does he rotate in with Clay Matthews and Nick Perry? So I would say probably about five or six is a pretty reasonable goal for him to get in the season. Yeah, exactly. Cause you know, Clay had seven, seven, seven and a half last year. So did Nick Perry. So I think, and especially with the lack of depth behind them in Kyler Fackrell and Vince, Vince Beagle, we'll get to them in a second. The fact that these guys, Reggie Gilbert, Matthews and Perry are going to be playing a ton of minutes. Yeah. Every game, they're going to take a ton of snaps because they're going to say, well, you know, substituting Fackrell and Beagle in there, it's basically giving up a play in order to give these guys a breather. So I think that will take into account. You'll slow down near the end of the season, but if Gilbert keeps playing the way he's playing and teams don't really game plan for him, I expect him to have a couple, couple sacks in the first couple of games. So this week though, how many tackles, how many tackles are you going to give oh. him for this week? Well, yeah. Cause now you, cause now you've entered in, is he going to be pulled early because of what he's shown so far? So how much do you give him? Okay. All right. I'll answer that question if you answer this one for me. How okay. many how many series do you think he'll play? That's a good question. That's a good question. I would say, I, I would say probably two or three. Okay, he stays or- in for the first like quarter and a half. You would think. Okay, three series. Remember, the outside linebackers and a three-four defense aren't the tackling machines. Mm-hmm. I'd say at least two, at most four. Do you give him a sack in there? I'll give him a sack and at least a quarterback hit. Gets to the quarterback at least once. Gets to the quarterback at least once, puts some pressure on him. Yeah. And what also I love watching most about him is the fact that he can just take an offensive tackle by himself. He doesn't need to be schemed around as much. You know what they're doing with Clay Matthews. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't see him going up against a tight end. You see him just go up against the tackle. And I think that's really what the Packers need. And even that one, there was the time that they put the tight end there to help chip him a little bit, and he still Mm -hmm. made it around the line and rushed the quarterback. The flip side of this coin, though, you mentioned Beagle and Fackrell, two guys that have trended tremendously downwards this year. I think if you're looking at Beagle, I give him a little bit more of a pass just because that he's been coming off of that injury and – I think that he still has the opportunity to show what he can do, but fact roll for me, I've I've really kind of sold my stock in Kyler Fackrell. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, me too. You know, Beagle, 
we'll give him a little bit of a pass because, you know, he had the foot injury. He missed all of preseason, all of training camp last year. He missed most of the season. So when he came back, he was as raw as a rookie can be. So now this is his real first training camp and his real first taste of the preseason. So, you know, he's a Wisconsin kid. He's a smart guy. He probably will take a little bit while to see if his stock increases. But Fackrell, on the other hand, you know, he was a guy who came out with some hype, third-round pick mm-hmm. out of Utah State. And he just gets thrown around the line of scrimmage. There's all these articles I've read about him, you know, working out in the weight room, getting some strength on. But I just – I don't really care about that if it doesn't produce on the field. It's that simple. And I remember I remember the hype with him coming in. I I can – tell you where I was when we drafted him and my family sat around and said, how quickly can we produce t-shirts that say, holy fackerel, because <laughs> we'll make a fortune off of these things. We're going to sell them like hotcakes. Everyone's going to want a piece of the fackerel. And there's been absolutely no, there's been no buzz. There's been no you know, desire like, for fackerel. That's like, that's like uh, Enron everyone's on it and then boom, <laughs> the stock just went tumbling down and i'm hoping you know you know the, the government comes in to bail them out i'm hoping to, <laughs> ted town like hopefully the gm good accounts and the, and the and the coaches don't bail him out by keeping him on the roster all the time some tarp, loose. some tarp uh funding just <laughs> yeah fackerel's too big to fail yeah i <laughs> <laughs> see i i can't even picture that <laughs> too big to fail <laughs> Well, as we kind of uh, wrap things up, Chris, predictions, what you're looking forward to in week number three. Week number three, on the defensive side of the ball, I expect what we talked about about Reggie Gilbert. I'm also really excited about Josh Jackson, seeing who is going to be up against Jordy Nelson. Yeah, I want to see it either being uh, Josh Jackson or Alexander. I don't want to see a veteran like Kyle or Tremont Williams on him. I want to see these young guys go up against a veteran pro and hold his own offensively. I'm really more excited, uh, excited about the tight end battle. Yeah. And running back battle too. Cause uh, you're going to be seeing a lot of guys running the football. Like who is that? We'll see if any of the injuries holds up. If any of the old guys comes back and plays. And then of course, the quarterback battle and of course, and also tackles, Jason Sprague's Kyle, Kyle Murphy, make or break it, man. Cause they had a rough game last week. Yeah. Is there, is there anything else you've, you've kept and also, and also, I know. Are it, you, are you it, looking for what the trainers are going to be doing? Who's handing out the gator? No. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you know, I'm keep thinking and more and more stuff pops in my right. head. Cause I don't know. I'm just a worrier sometimes, especially around preseason out of the preseason I always look forward to week number three the most because that's where you're going to see most of those starters get their time in the preseason for me offensively I'm right there with you I want to see the running backs who can establish themselves who wants to show that they can contribute to this offense is there anybody that can uh the quarterback battle as well obviously that's kind of that's almost kind of a, a given at this point every week is which quarterback can kind of take that little inch in front of the other. Uh, Defensively, I'm with you on the cornerbacks. What I really want to see is Alexander the most because I feel like we haven't gotten a chance to really see what he can do in a a full game experience. So I hope that he gets a lot of playing time. I really would like to actually see him up against Jordy Nelson just because Nelson, a savvy veteran, 
who knows what he's going up against in the Packer defense and a young rookie who's much smaller. I mean, that's the ultimate test Mm -hmm. for a guy like Alexander. So to see what he can do there, I think that's going to be my, my big things to watch coming up. And also, uh, and also one thing that I'm, I'll be looking at is Mike Patton's defense. Cause I feel the first couple of games have been very vanilla when it comes to play calling. Yeah. Does he now, give any? And now games? that they're getting more, uh, more familiar with his defense, I want to see if he starts mixing it up and starts throwing something creative his way. That That's would be something I'm looking at. Yeah. That would be nice to see here early on. And obviously uh, the guys on Friday, they'll be staying up late on Friday night to take care of this for us to have your recap on Saturday morning. So make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. You can follow us on there as well. Uh, you can follow me, DK, all the way. You can follow Chris at Chris Schimmel, C-R-I-S-C-H-I-M-M-E-L. Almost, K-R-I-S. K- oh, Chris with a K. That's, Everyone that's like the most that. obvious one that's out of all of it, Chris <laughs> with a K. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We're great follows. Um, thank you again for following us and the Pack a Day podcast. Make sure that you follow, subscribe, like us, rate us, leave comments and reviews. And uh, we'll be back again once the regular season gets started, Chris and myself. So until then, enjoy the rest of the preseason and go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over, gets the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Got Adams! 30! Turns up field. 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15! 10! 5! Devontae Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown! Rodgers looks it over. Starts to his left. Now he moves. Starts to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Winds up, rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's hot, what and it caught. It is caught for a touchdown. Yes, 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 One kick away from the NFC Championship game from the 41. Left hand mark, 51 yards. Field goal attempt, snap, placement, kick to the upright. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.